Today is the 30th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's great to be here with you today on the eve of the last day of the first month of the new decade, 2020. It's great to be here with you today to take that next step forward. And uh, in the book of Exodus, which is what we have uh, settled into, there is a showdown happening between God, the Most High, and, uh, and the Pharaoh of Egypt. And the battle is over God's people who have been enslaved in Egypt. He wants them out. And Pharaoh, who thinks he's a god himself, isn't having any of it. But he's learning some pretty hard lessons in the process. So we're re- reading from the Evangelical Heritage Version this week. Exodus chapter 10 verse 1 through 12, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have made his heart unyielding and his officials' hearts too, so that I may perform these signs of mine in their midst, and so that you may tell your children and your grandchildren how harshly I dealt with Egypt and about my signs which I did among them. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let my people go, watch out. Because tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. They will cover the surface of the ground so that no one will be able to see the ground. The locusts will eat what little you have left after the hail. They will also eat every tree that you have growing in the field. Your houses, your officials' houses, and every Egyptian's house will be filled with them. Something neither your father's nor your father's fathers have seen from the day that they settled in this land up to this day. Then he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the men go so that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God, but who exactly would be going? Moses said, We will go with our young and old, with our sons and daughters. We will go with our flocks and herds, for we are celebrating a festival to the Lord. But he said to them, May the Lord be with you if I would ever let you and your families go. I see you are determined to do evil. No, the men may go and serve the Lord, for that is what you have been asking for. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, so that locusts come up over the land and eat every plant in the land, everything left by the hail. Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, 
And the Lord made an east wind blow over the land all that day and all through the night. When morning came, the east wind had brought the locusts. The locusts came up over the entire land of Egypt and settled down in the entire territory of Egypt. There had never been such a large number of locusts before, and there would never be again. They covered the surface of the ground so completely that the land was dark. They ate every plant of the land and all the fruit of the trees, everything left after the hail. Nothing green was left on the trees or on the plants in the field throughout the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now please forgive my sin once more and plead to the Lord your God so that he may also remove this death from me. So Moses went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord. The Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind. That wind lifted up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust remained in the entire territory of Egypt. But the Lord made Pharaoh's heart hard, and he did not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward the sky, so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, darkness that can be felt. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and there was a thick darkness in the entire land of Egypt for three days. No one could see anyone else, and for three days none of them moved from where they were. Yet all the Israelites had light where they lived. Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Even your families may go with you, but you must leave your flocks and herds behind. But Moses said, You must also let us take sacrifices with us and burnt offerings to present to the Lord our God. Our livestock must also go with us. Not a hoof is to be left behind, for we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. We will not know, however, but we will need to serve the Lord until we get there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Pharaoh said to Moses, Get out of my sight. Make sure you do not see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you will die. Moses said, Just as you have spoken, I will never see your face again. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will certainly drive you completely out of here. Now tell the people that both the men and the women are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Even the man Moses was highly regarded in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's officials and the people. So Moses said, This is what the Lord says. About midnight I will go throughout Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt will die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn of the female slave who is behind the handmill, even all the firstborn of the livestock. There will be a loud outcry in the entire land of Egypt unlike anything that happened before 
or anything that will take place again. But among all the Israelites, not a dog will bark at a person or animal, so that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. After that, I will leave. Then Moses, hot with anger, went out from Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord made Pharaoh's heart hard, and he did not let the Israelites go out of his land. The Lord told Moses and Aaron, This in the land of Egypt. This month is to be the beginning of your calendar. It is to be the first month of the year for you. Tell the entire Israelite community that on the tenth day of this month, They are to take a lamb or a young goat for themselves, according to their father's households, one lamb per household. But if the household is too small for a whole lamb, then that person and his neighbor next door to him must select one, based on the number of people. Determine what size lamb is needed according to how much each person will eat. Your lamb must be unblemished, a year-old male, You may take it from the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the Israelite community is to slaughter the lambs at sunset. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses where they eat the lamb. That night they shall eat the meat that has been roasted over a fire along with the unleavened bread. They shall eat it with bitter herbs. Do not eat it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over a fire, with its head, its legs, and its internal organs. You shall not leave any of it until the morning. Whatever remains until the morning you shall burn in the fire. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, ready for travel, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For on that night I will pass through the land of Egypt. I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both people and animals. Against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. There will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike down the land of Egypt. Matthew 20, 1-28 Indeed, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After agreeing to pay the workers a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. 
He also went out about the third hour and saw others standing unemployed in the marketplace. To these he said, You also go into the vineyard and I will give you whatever is right. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did the same. When he went out about the eleventh hour, he found others standing unemployed. He said to them, Why have you stood here all day unemployed? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He told them, You also go into the vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, starting with the last group and ending with the first. When those who were hired around the eleventh hour came, they each received a denarius. When those who were hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but they each received a denarius too. After they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were last worked one hour, and you made them equal to us who have endured the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not make an agreement with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. I want to give to the last one hired the same as I also gave to you. Can't I do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? In the same way, the last will be first and the first will be last. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and on the way he said to them, Look, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and experts in the law, and they will condemn him to death. They will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock, flog, and crucify him. On the third day he will be raised. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling and asking something of him. He said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Promise that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, We are. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not for me to give. Rather, these places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard this, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the nations lord it over them, and that their great ones exercise authority over them. It will not be that way among you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Psalm 25, 1-15 Teach me your ways, by David. 
to you, O Lord, I will lift up my soul. In you I have trusted, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies triumph over me. All who hope in you will never be put to shame. But those who are treacherous for no reason will be put to shame. Make known to me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Make me walk in your truth and teach me because you are the God who saves me. In you I hope all day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your mercy, for they are from eternity. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your mercy, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the right way. He directs the humble to what is just and he teaches the humble his way. All the ways of the Lord are mercy and truth for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For the sake of your name, O Lord, you forgive my guilt, although it is great. Who then is the man who fears the Lord? The Lord will instruct him in the way he chooses. That man will enjoy a good life, and his descendants will possess the land. The guidance of the Lord is with those who fear him. His covenant will give them knowledge. My eyes are always on the Lord because he frees my feet from the net. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Although it has no overseer, officer, or ruler, it stores its food in summer. It gathers its provisions at harvest time. How long will you lie there, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep? A little slumber? A little folding of your hands to rest? And poverty will come on you like a prowler. And scarcity will come on you like a warrior. Okay, in the book of Matthew, Jesus continues to talk and reveal the kingdom of God. His ministry is centered around this revelation. And the interesting thing about the revelation is that it is a different kind of kingdom than anyone is expecting. They are expecting a kingdom that is rooted in the physical world that can be experienced by the senses, right? One in which a great battle and great destruction and lots of blood of the enemies is involved. And Jesus is indeed announcing the kingdom of heaven, but it's not that. It's a totally different thing than that. It's something that is happening now if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so Jesus gave us another piece of what that looks like today. 
And so he tells the story as he's prone to do, as we've already explored. Indeed, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. That's how Jesus began. And he tells the story of how he hired some workers in the morning and then, you know, he hired some workers midday and after lunch and in the afternoon and getting toward the end of the day with only one hour left to work. He hired more workers and they all went into the field. And so when everybody lines up to get paid, he starts with the people who got in last and he gives them a denarius, a day's wage, the agreed upon day's wage from the people who started first. And so when he gets to the people who had worked all day, they're obviously expecting maybe something a little more than what they had agreed to. But at the end of it, he gives them what they agreed to. Like, everybody got the same. Everybody got paid. Of course, this angered the ones who felt as if they deserved more. They had agreed to the terms, and they were given exactly what they had agreed to. But as they compared themselves to others, they got a sense of entitlement that made them feel as if they deserved more. And the response of the master uh, says it all. Are you envious because I am generous? In the same way, the last will be first and the first last. So what, what can we glean here about God's kingdom from what Jesus is saying? We can say that those who believe that they are owed something or deserve something from God because they have earned somehow something from God will get what they deserved and get it last. Those who realize that they are unspeakably fortunate just to be here at all can appreciate the value of what they've been given. Everyone gets the same. Nobody's better. Nobody deserves more. Nobody deserves more spotlight. And why would this be? Because we're one body with one head. Nobody can say to anybody else, I don't need you. That's not true. God's kingdom is not a kingdom of comparison and selfishness. And as we explore this kingdom that we are a part of and that is happening through the lips of Jesus, we are being awakened. We, we are uh, learning. We are becoming aware. But we can see that Jesus' disciples, they were not completely aware either. After this story takes place, Jesus is continuing his journey to Jerusalem. And uh, this isn't for a visit. This, this, is, this is Jesus going to die. And so he pulls his disciples together on this walk and tells them that he's going to die, that he's going to be arrested and turned over to the Gentiles and killed, and that he's going to come back. And, I, I mean, just imagine that you had that kind of foreknowledge about your own life. Imagine you knew that... Um, that you're going to die in a couple of days. And um, 
trying to kind of comfort everybody and share things. And so you say what you've got to say. And then a couple of your kids come to you and say, Hey, um, since you're going to die, can I have your car? I mean, that would be like so out of place, so bizarre. And yet that's essentially what happened to Jesus. He's telling his friends, I'm going to die. And he unpacks all of that. And then they keep walking. And two of Jesus' disciples and their mom come to talk to Jesus. And it's the mom. It's the mom. She's, she's doing the requesting. Promise that in your kingdom these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and one on your left hand. So I'm not pointing out that piece of a story to bring us to some kind of um, uh, application to our lives or some ways to think about this. I'm just pointing out the disconnect. Here we have the son of the living most high God on planet Earth operating in a kingdom that is being revealed and living life after a human fashion, but completely whole. And he's unpacking all of these parables. He's teaching privately of the kingdom. And now they're on their way to his death. And this is how disconnected it is. Promise that I get a throne next to your throne. And we can often find that that's, that's, that's really the motives. That's really what we're after is what we want. Like we're, we're in this whole faith thing to get blessed, like to get stuff. But if Jesus hasn't, Jesus hasn't made it clear enough yet, God's kingdom isn't a kingdom of stuff. And we can be just as oblivious as Zebedee's sons sometimes. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for another day to be in your word. We thank you for what your word is revealing to us. And we thank you that as we do this day by day, over and over, coming back day after day, changes are happening within us. And we are so open to it. We welcome it. We invite you fully to lead us into all truth. Come Holy Spirit, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base where you find out what's happening, what's going on around here, so be sure to, to stay connected in any way that you can. The prayer wall is there. Links to social media are there. The shop is there. Uh, some of our initiatives are there, so, so check it out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, I, uh, I, I have a heart of pure gratitude and amazement that uh, we're, we're in this year 15 doing this together as a community. And I have said hundreds of times over these years, this, this Daily Audio Bible is something that just kind of happened out of the dust of the internet. It was no big plans. This just kind of, I just felt like this is something I was being led to do. And here we are. And what we've done, we've done together. And I thank you with all of my heart for your partnership. So there's a link on the homepage. 
If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, Dabbers. I'm calling in to ask for your prayers. At this point, I don't even know what to pray for anymore. The reasoning behind why I need prayers is so complicated. I'm so lost. I don't know what's the right thing to do. Well, what's the way forward? But essentially, I pray that God will hear me and He will come to me and show Himself to me and point me in the right direction because that's the thing I need the most right now. The guy who I was seeing for a while We were in a relationship. We broke up about um, seven months ago. About seven or uh, about eight months ago right now at this point. And at the time of our breakup, I didn't realize that I was not okay with it. I just accepted it and I thought that it would be for the best. But seven months later, I've eight months later, I've still found myself unable to move on. And I just don't know what to do. Every waking day and moment of my life is just so painful. And everything is just a reminder of him and the relationship we had. And the reason why it's all the more complicated is because he actually started dating somebody else about three months ago. So I don't know what to do. Please pray for me. Good morning, Delia Audio Bible family. This is Praying for My Unsafe Family, and it is the 23rd of January. I just wanted to thank Brian for his amazing uh, pricey on Joseph on the 21st of January. I found it so helpful when you were talking about taking the long view and what we are wallowing in right now is temporary. It was so encouraging. Thank you, Brian. I really needed to hear that as I work through some family issues that have brought me very low in the last uh, couple of years. So thank you. I also want to say thank you to Denise, who called into the community prayer line on the 11th of January at about 1 hour 47 minutes. And she was talking about praying for her unsaved father and never giving up. And really struck me at the end of your message, Denise, that when you said the gates of hell cannot resist us. Thank you for your encouragement, because again, I pray constantly for my father who is in his late 80s now and not in the best of health and someone who has hated Christians and Christianity most of his life. So please family, join me in praying for my dad. Um, His name is Ivor, I-V-O-R, and I would be very grateful for your prayers. 
Thank you for such a wonderful podcast and thank you for all your encouragements. Thank you. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Harold in St. Louis, and I am the one who's running the Chicago Marathon. Today is January the 21st. It is about 5.30 p.m. I am in the middle of Tower Grove Park right now. I have just ran two and a half miles, roughly, according to my Garmin watch. The temperature is 17 degrees outside. I'm a day off, so I was listening to the 20th podcast because Monday I went rant with some friends of mine. And as I got to around the 40-ish minute mark, there was a lady who was just welcoming me to this family. The next message came from a lady named Karen, who also just welcomed me to this family to, to, to be with you guys. And she gave me the scripture of 1 Corinthians, I believe it was 9, I've got the podcast actually stopped right now. So when I get back, I can go and write this down somewhere. But I just want to say thank you because I'm out here right now. It's dark. It's cold. Putting these miles in. And I've found myself while I'm doing this, I'll hear different folks out there like Terry the trucker, who I'll say a prayer for while he's actually praying. And I don't know if God answers my prayer because I still haven't given myself over. Or there's a couple in Illinois, uh, Kingdom Seeker, I believe. Uh, and his voice is wonderful. It makes me happy when I hear a song from him. Um, or even for Anonymous, when I just hear someone else pray for her and I just say, you know, amen or yes, Lord, while I'm running and I'm filing it, that I'm crying. And even now I'm crying and I have goosebumps on my arms, but I'm happy. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yes, Daily Audio Bible. This is Tara from from Spring Hill, Tennessee. And the Lord gave me the name Shira Shalom. So when I call in, that will be the name that I will be using. Being Song of Peace, which is interesting because I have struggled with anxiety most, most of my entire life. And I'm calling in response to Esther, who called just today, left a message from Nashville, Tennessee. And I wanted to encourage you, Esther, that one of the ways that I dealt with and that the Holy Spirit walked with me through the recovery of anxiety, which I will probably always deal with, but I have found victory over this anxiety um, through the scripture Philippians 4, 6, which you quoted. I want to remind you of the entire scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I found that the best therapy for me 
was immediately when I opened my eyes, my mind would start racing, my heart would start racing, everything would start, I would have this feeling of dread and overwhelming anxiety. And the Holy Spirit started prompting me to thank Him. The first first thing in the morning, open your eyes and start thanking Him for for being alive. Thank Him for your breath. Thank Him for a roof over your head. Thank Him for the simple, the basic things. And as you begin to thank Him for for your life and for the just the simple little things in your life, that you have breakfast, that you have a car, that you have clean clothes, whatever it happens to be, the Thanksgiving replaces the anxiety. And it is an amazing, it's an amazing thing to watch, amazing therapy to watch. And I know it worked for me. I know that it is actually now considered a legitimate therapy, but that's how I walk through the incredible. Hello, Daily Audible Bible community. This is Terry in Kansas City. This is my fourth year listening to the scripture being read and learning so much. Thank you, Brian. But this is my first year to really come into the community with listening to prayers and praying for others. And for that, I am thankful. I was reminded today that there are people in this community that their only church is with the DAB community because, as the lady in England said, the churches are not close to her, so we have become her church. For the gentleman who had the stroke three years ago, And this is the way that he hears the word because he cannot read it. And God gives him an understanding. That is a blessing. But my heart and prayers go out for Heather who called with a desperate urge and desire to have God's presence back in her life after Satan has destroyed her family. And her tiredness just broke my heart. I've been there with being tired So I pray that God will show himself mightily in your life and will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten and that you will fill his mighty presence in your life and that you can be the mom that you are called to be. My prayers go out to all of the community and thank you for praying for all who need it. Yes, uh, my name is Dana Roser Smith. Um, I'm from Arab, Alabama. And um, I was just listening to um, day 23 or January 23rd, um, the prayer um, from Heather from Atlanta. um, And it absolutely broke my heart. Um, I don't know what happened um, when Satan attacked you and what exactly happened, but I'm going to tell you that last year was a very rough year for me. um, And I was at the end and at breaking point. um, contemplating suicide, and um, I lost a child six years ago, September 2013. She was 11 days old, and I um, and I have childhood trauma, and so I've never truly recovered. Um, and last year was a very a breaking point. Um, you know, I realize that people cannot. You know, you try to rely and depend on people, and, and you really can't. Um, but God puts people in our lives sometimes that He works through them. Anyways. And so that was a lot for me. Um, I am so sorry that you are going through this and you sound so desperate. Um, I hope you get this message and know, Heather, that I am praying for you. Um, 
you know, I, I come to Atlanta, you know, living in Alabama. I'm, you know, it's about maybe t- three hours, four hours from my house, but I do come and I will definitely be praying for you. And, and, um, I wish there was a way we could get in contact that I could actually just talk to you because, you know, you just sound like you really need someone. So Heather in Atlanta, um, I pray that God reveals himself to you in such a way that is undeniable and that he sends his army of angels to lift you up and to fight this battle you're going through. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi, DAB family. This is Jenica. I'm a bit more new to um, Brian's devotions. Uh, My mom has been listening for years, but I have started more on my own. Um, It's January 23rd, and I heard this woman calling in about feeling lost and broken and abandoned. And I want to tell you that I understand that. Yours seems so much bigger than when I feel it. But I want you to know that I love you, that I am praying for you, that God loves you, and that these trials, even though they hurt, that I have been shown so much that this year that there is a reason for them. I love you so much and I thank you so much for sharing because it has encouraged me for the first time to share as well. And I want you to know that I'm praying for you and I love you. Thank you.